Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. If you like talent, you are in the right place. Welcome to another episode of the Talent Factor Podcast. I'm your co-host, Damian Parson, with my guy, my brother, as always, Keith Sanchez. Keith, baby, what's going on, man? Mic check, mic check. My mic is hot, so you know it's time to talk some football, baby. DP, how you doing? <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I'm I'm loving it right now, man. It's just beautiful outside. It's not too hot. The sun's out. And, and, you know, it's Friday, baby. You got about to walk into the weekend, so that's always a good thing, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, just really getting, like you said, we got a couple more weeks in we have a lot of stuff going on in terms of college football media days, and that's what we're going to talk about with the Big 12 media day. But before we get into that, Keith, let's give a quick shout out to our partners over at Bet On uh, Bet Online. Continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including NBA Summer League, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-B, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. And Keith, I love that last part of, of that where the game starts because it always gives me a good segue into what we're talking about. <laughs> I, I love it. You know what I mean? It makes it easy for me. But, you know, when you talk about the game starts, as much as we're anticipating excited for college football we got to get through the media days and we got to get through you know fall camp and Keith I'm, I'm gonna kick it to you for this first topic man you listen to the big 12 the new commissioner if I'm, I'm not if I'm not mistaken he's the new commissioner of the big 12 and you listen to and I was listening to him a little bit as well uh what are your thoughts after listening to him at, at his press conference from the big 12 media day man so I thought that he handled himself well for all of the panic that's going around in his conference, right? Like, you know, in, in you with the USC and UCLA information, you know, with the Pac-12, you forgot almost that with the Big 12, Texas and Oklahoma are leaving us. Like, they're leaving the Big 12. So, man, you're taking over a job where you're two heaviest hitters, right? Like, you're two money makers. Um, of the conference, your two blue bloods, which we'll get into that later, right? They're they're, they're out the door, so you're you're in the midst of having to fix something that's broke, right? Like it's it's not a situation where you're just maintaining. This is broke for the Big Twelve, right? Like they're they're two biggest programs. They're on their way out the door, and then the other issues is this: when you're playing, you know, you you can play offense or defense, right? And I think the Big Twelve went into the situation they played a little defense and. USC and UCLA went to the Big Ten. That would have been prime opportunity for the Big 12 to try to aggressively, you know, get those teams on board the Big 12 and not, a, you know, and the Big 12 would have been back, right? Like you lost two, but then you gained two moneymakers. And now you're, you're, you're kind of picking up the scraps of the Pac-12, you know, you got the AAC, you know, and, and just maintaining a couple teams from within your conference. So I, I, I think that, him overall, he he showed well, right? For for the issues that that was that you know went about, and you know they talked about his his background, right? Brett Yorkman, um, you know they talked about him being a part of Rock Nation. So I think he he's he's in tune with the times and what's going on with college football. And I really enjoyed they asked him 
in part about the NIL, right? And he said, listen, this this won't be a part of our brand, but I know that it's there in the sense of the fact that we're going to embrace it for how it needs to be embraced. And he felt as though he already had experience with it from Rock Nation being a sports agency to where he knows how to, you know, kind of matriculate the waters and, and you know, and do what needs to be done. So, man, I, I think that he, he interviewed well, right? But the question is this, now moving forward, what do you do, right? Like you, you have Texas and Oklahoma, I believe, for two more years at the most. And then now you have a, a totally new conference. I know it's supposed to be the big four, um, you know, as far as the, with the ACC, the Big Ten, the SEC, and then maybe the, the Pac-12 and the Big 12 joining. But if I tell you that the with whatever's left out of the Pac-12 once USC and UCLA and whatever left out of the Big 12 once Oklahoma and Texas leaves, if I tell you that's going to be a conference, you're not really excited about that, right? So I, I, I think that, it man, it's, it's so much that he has to handle. And like I said, you play defense – Man, now you have to play offense. Like you, you have to go try to if you if you want this conference to stay aligned, if you want this conference to still be intact in five years, you have to go pluck some other teams from some other places, um, find other ways to get you know money, revenue, and you know just really sustain this conference because it's the Big Twelve is in trouble also. Like I, I don't think the Big Twelve is just you know long standing by itself and it's going to be a okay. So it's definitely in trouble. No, and I, I completely agree with everything you stated. And listening to him, one thing he, that stood out to me when we talked about the realignment, I think one of the reporters asked him about has he been in contact with some of the four teams over with the Pac-12, you know, he talked to any of the Pac-12 teams. And he basically just said, hey, listen, we're open for business. And, you know, and, and he understands. He sees the writing on the wall and calls, calls football and, the, and the, the nature of it right now, right? I, I was listening to one of the coaches talk about, like, What's going to happen with, you know, when Oklahoma, um, you know, with when Texas goes to uh, the SEC, like what's going to happen with the rivalry games and things of that nature? And, and it's a, it, it, it posed a that that was a really good question. And just listening to him talk about like, hey, understand, I know where we are right now and we're open for business, meaning if there's four teams that we believe that can help solidify and add to this conference to make it formidable for, because at the end of the day, Keith, we know what the, all this stuff comes down to, these TV deals. That's where this, all this stuff is coming from. It's the money from the TV deal. That's why the SEC is continuing to grow. The Big Ten's growing at the way that they're growing. And just listening to listening to him talk, you could tell he understands that, right? So that was, to me, that I, I liked him being open about that. Hey, we're open for business. We're trying to get, if somebody wants to, to, to talk about joining us, I'm all for it. And then just his, his overall, like you talk about the NIL, his overall attitude, man. Like I just liked the vibe he, he, he provided, you know, that he was pleasant. He was open. He didn't mind. He didn't have like this, I guess like no arrogance to him. He was just like a really, he just seemed like a really cool dude. Somebody easy to talk to. And like you talk about his, his uh, experience with rock nation He's all for the NIL. Like, he likes the NIL. The only thing he said was, hey, we need to find some structure, basically. We need to find some some type of way to hone it in where it's it's rules and regulations. But I think all of us have agreed that that's something that the NIL needs. But he's like, straight up, I, I support it. So for me to, to hear, a, you know, hear a commissioner or someone over a conference talk that well about the NIL to me it's it's just a different tune that we would have heard five seven years ago like five seven years ago guys were like yeah I don't know about all that 
Now we we might you know we might talk about some stuff behind doors, but just we're not open to it right now. Now that tune has changed, and I'm happy for that. So I'm excited to see what he's able to do because, like you said, they're not safe, Keith. And no, they're not. I don't. <laughs> they're I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen with college football in the next two to three seasons, man. Listen, like, I, I would say this: they have a house. <laughs> But it's not protected, right? That house has all the windows, <laughs> all the windows are open and, and the door is wide open too. So it is not a protected house. I'll see that. Keith, much. I'll go a step further. They got this house, but there's a for sale sign in the front yard, man. Yeah, like yeah. there's a for sale sign sitting in the front yard, letting other people know, hey, we can come in and whether it's, it's we can buy the whole house, maybe we can come inside and get some appliances. Maybe it's a yard sale. We can get them a couple pieces, but there's some stuff here that can be bought. And that's my thing with right now. Just it's extremely hard to envision what the conferences will look like in about two years, man. When all these moving parts actually move. And it's like, okay, what will the Big 12 look like? What will the Pac-12 – will these even be conferences? We don't know. So it's going to be really interesting overall. And then talk – you know, think about – talk about interesting. Man, Mike Gundy, like he is one interesting guy. <laughs> um, you know, he's still rocking the mullet. And I'll – listen, man, after that sound bite years ago – I always love Mike Gundy. Like it's just you know that type that type of energy I always rock with. You know what I mean? I'm, I, I'm, he's a man. He's forty. Well, he was forty at the time. He was forty. Uh, yeah, he was forty. Yeah, he he looks a little older now. Keith, like football is definitely aging him a little bit. But you know they asked him about because you know OK State. You know they were one of the top teams as we talked about. You know on the last episode they were the top teams in the Big Twelve last year. Mm-hmm. Had a great defense, good run game. Dual threat quarterback. They had everything, right? And so one one yard away from winning a Big Twelve championship. One yard away. Right, one yard away. So it's like, man, like think about what and he, he talked about. Like, man, we got almost all our guys back, right? All our important guys they they have coming back. And the reporter basically asked, like, you know, ask him about being becoming a blue blood. And when you hear that term, Keith, like blue blood is, is you know, there's certain terms you just don't throw around loosely, right? You know, I mean, you don't throw the word elite around loosely about quarterbacks in the NFL. You don't throw superstar around in the NBA. It's just not something. There's certain terms you just can't throw loosely. In college football, becoming a blue blood isn't something that's just we do it overnight, right? Like, you got to build that success with championships and and that legacy. And he says, you know, it's a lot of it's based off of the big win against Notre Dame in the end of the season. You know, that's that was a good win, Keith. But I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, uh, I think the defense coordinator was gone and then uh, Brian Kelly was leaving. You know, he dipped out <laughs> to get ready for, you know, to come down to, to, to LSU. And so I'm like, okay, it's, it's a good win, but there's some context to it that needs to be thrown in there. When you when you hear him talk about becoming a blue blood, for me, it's, it's just not something – like you got, I still think you got a long. You you in the Big Twelve, you, yeah, you OKC. Okay so I'm, 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 I'm you ahead. got a long I way knew, to go. Yeah, you're trying to lace me up for a question, right? And I, I look, yes. you don't have to ask the question. If you're asking me, <laughs> is Oklahoma State a blue blood? No. Will they be a blue blood in the next twenty years? No. Do I foresee them being a blue blood in the next fifty years? The answer is no. Do they have an opportunity? <laughs> like, think about this, right? And. Cause this this got me going. I came in this 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 podcast episode pretty much relaxed, but this got me going. Your, your biggest stake, to, your biggest claim to stake, stake to claim, however you want to phrase it, right, is the fact that you get to beat Oklahoma, right? Well, Oklahoma is leaving in two years. 
So you're not going to get, you know, credit, whatever, you know, we call Texas it. Texas too. Yeah, Texas is leaving too, right? So that, that's your biggest claim to fame by being Oklahoma State is that, you know what, that rivalry game, they may be able to beat Oklahoma. Or they may be able to beat Texas. Both of those guys out the door. So you have nothing else to kind of, you know, hinge yourself to, to kind of anchor yourself to to help elevate you. It's kind of one of those things where, you know, the, the un, like, you know, when they say like what well, well, boxing matches or, or something like that, right? Like, and you're like, man, it, it makes no sense to fight that guy, right? Because one person had everything to gain, the other person doesn't. And that's how Oklahoma was. They, they get nothing for really beating Oklahoma State, right? But right. Oklahoma State gets a lot. But now that that kind of, you know, that 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 team that's able to trampoline you into the um, you know, into the the big media is gone. So I don't I don't see how Gundy can sit there and say that man, maybe we'll be a blue blood. And listen, you can be the best team in your conference, right? Like like Houston is the best team in the AAC, right? And you know, we have other teams that's the best in that, but I don't mean you're a blue blood. Like, like I get it. You all in. You, you know, you you feel good. You're the head coach. Y'all came one yard of winning the Big 12 championship. But, man, you fall from being a blue blood, my brother. Like, you you have a lot more prospects to put into the NFL. You have a lot more conference championships that you have to win. Matter of fact, talking about conference championships, you don't even know what's your conference, right? So, they, you know, there's, there, there's a parameter to, to becoming a blue blood. Like, what is the history of Oklahoma State? And when I say Oklahoma State, what do you think of, right? Like, I I don't know what to think Barry of. Barry Sanders? Of, yeah, maybe Barry Sanders, maybe Dez Bryant. I think of yeah. Marcus Smart. Justin and, Blackman. Yeah, and, and I mean, and that's and that's it. But when you when you think of Texas, right, you think of Oklahoma, you think of Ohio State, you think of, you know, uh, Alabama. You, yeah, you, and even you think of, because I think what he was trying to do was say that we have potential to be one of the new Blue Bloods, right? Like the Clemsons. I would even consider LSU as a newer blue blood because before 1999, right, they, they were not relevant. It wasn't too many conference championships they won. But yeah. when you have imagine the amount of talent that they've put out, like the they've won three, four national championships in a 20 year span. Like you have to get one first, right, before you consider yourself a blue blood. So, like I said, I, I read. I appreciate the comment. I appreciate the fact that he's that optimistic about Oklahoma State. But if you're asking me if I see it, I, I don't see Oklahoma State becoming a blue blood no time soon. It's, it's just it's unfortunate. I'm going to take you. I, 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 I envisioned you being spirited, but I didn't know it was going to get you, you know, get you going that much. But I, I'm glad it did because I, could, I agreed still because as you talked about – What's the path? Like, there is no path for you to become a blue blood unless you decide to say, hey, I'm going to the SEC too. You know what I mean? Like, because right now, you we, you know about recruiting and you look at, okay, Oklahoma and Texas are both going to the SEC. So they're, they're recruiting SEC kids now. Like, and, and they're SEC school technically going to be. And now you have, you're trying to compete with them in the same state. Like, it's just, I don't see the, the I don't see the pathway for them to get quality wins, <laughs> to get to the playoffs, unless they like go to six or eight teams, which I don't foresee that happening. Maybe six. I don't see no more than that. Still, yeah, I, I just don't understand. Like he's confident. I love it. I always, I always love his confidence and bravado. But my brother, like, there's no, there's no path for you to walk down and say, you know what? At the end of this tunnel, we will. There, there's a light, and that light is blue bloods for us. There's no light at the end of this tunnel for you my guy yeah no and um you you brought up something and 
I think that's accurate, but they waited too long, right? Because yep. Texas A&M was not considered a college football blue blood, right? But if you ask me if they have the potential in 20 to 30 years to be considered a blue blood program, just as far as being one of the prominent programs, yes, they're on that path, right? Like they've signed some top recruiting classes, right? They beat Alabama last year, who's not just Texas and Oklahoma. They beat a dynasty, right? Like they beat a really good football team. So it's it's a little bit different. And, and you know, like I said, I mentioned the recruiting thing already. So if they would have had that angle, maybe went to the SEC, but now it's still just too overpopulated, right? Like that, it, it, now you're going to the SEC. Now you're right back with the guys that just left you. You're, you're, you know, you jump in there. Texas and Oklahoma just tried to leave you, and then now you come back. So it, it trying to get to the top of that ladder, and then we didn't even talk about the SEC East, right? You still got to go through Georgia, Florida, and the rest of those guys. So, man, I, I think – mixing in our last you know just what we just talked about mixing with Mike Gundy conversations that I I don't Oklahoma State they can be a a good football team but I don't know where they will go as far as like you said their path to the blue blood because the the Big 12 is is up in airs right now right like the Big 12 don't know which way they're headed so it's hard to say that Oklahoma State at this moment has opportunity to become a blue blood because the the um the conference that they're with is 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 in a tough situation not for sure, man. I mean, and you talked about, man, like, it's just, it's just no path. So it's like, for me, it's just like, I get it. I'm, I'm all for giving your players confidence and, and looking, saving faces, and, you know, in front of the media and answering that question straight on. But, yeah, there's no chance of that, my guy. I, don't, I just don't see it happening. But let's talk about the team that they battled with, you know, at the end of the season, you know, before the uh, before they faced Notre Dame. Baylor. Baylor comes in as the preseason favorite. For the Big 12, which, if I remember correctly, when we did the episode last week, I had Texas. I think we both had Texas winning as our prediction. Yeah, I definitely put Texas, yeah. But Baylor is a formidable opponent, of course. How how do you feel about that aspect of them being preseason favorites? I I, I think this is the voters saying that they just don't know. Right, like they like let's let's pick who won last year because we have no idea. Dave Aranda's still there. Let's go with that team, right? Like you know, and it's maybe the the the, the voters wanted to go what was against the sexy pick picking Texas, like we did. But I, I think we probably right um, in our prediction. Um, and the reason I say that is because Baylor lost a lot. Like they 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 were a good running team last year, right? And they lost two of their top running backs. They lost wide receiver Taquan Thornton. They lost Kalen Barnes. They lost Abram Smith. You know, it's, it, they lost Jalen Petrie. Uh, they, they lost so many football players. Um, I believe they lost another safety, right? So they lost so uh, many. Woods. Yeah, yeah, JT, JT Woods. So they lost so many guys that it's hard to project them and predict that, you know what, they'll come in and they'll win uh, the Big 12 next year. And then even when you look at it from, okay, cool, turning the page, we lost guys turning the page. Who came in that you feel like, okay, they're ready to rock and roll? And that and that's what went into my decision of picking Texas because I said, you know what? At least they're bringing it or attempting to bring in dudes, right, via the transfer portal. And obviously Texas is not barely as far as the – I guess you go to the blue blood when it comes to recruiting. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I just couldn't with confidence want – you know, say 
that Baylor is going to win the Big 12. And I, I, if you ask me, I think the riders and the people that, you know, were part of this poll, I, I think they are probably 0% confident in their pick. I think they just went with who won last year. Nah, completely, you know, and, I, and, and again, you named off all the guys they lost, and it's like, yeah, they still have a good defense, and, and you expect Baylor to be able to still be able to run the ball and follow their concepts and follow their, their tendencies and what makes them good, but Again, at the same time, you know, no, like you lost <laughs> a lot of talent, man. Like I'm sorry, I can't, I can't get with it. Like I look at, because my thing is, you, you go ahead, you put them on paper right now, of course. Like, how are you defending Texas? Like, I, I'm just, how are you defending, right? You know, Quinn Ewers and Isaiah Nayer and you know Xavier Worthy and B. John Robinson and Jaleel, Jaleel Billingsley. Billingsley. Don't they? Uh, they also have a Jai a Jai Hall too, right? Yeah. I think he transferred in. How are you defending all these explosive weapons after losing so much prominent veteran talent defensively? And that's where you hung your hat this entire time was the defensive side of the football because your offense was solid. It played complementary football to the defense. Now I don't think that's going to be the case, Keith. So for me, I'm looking at okay. If you make the case and say, okay, OK State, if you put OK State as, which I think they had, if I remember correctly, they had OK State as the third team in the in the preseason yeah. polls. I personally would put OK State above Baylor. They're bringing back their quarterback. They're bringing back, I believe, their offense, most of their offensive line and a lot of their defense as well, which was also a good defense and, and receivers. So it's like, okay. Uh, yep, no, I don't see it. I don't see how Baylor is just going to, you know, leapfrog everybody else. But like you said, it's because, hey, man, this might be a little bit of a crapshoot. So we're just going to throw anything at the wall and whatever sticks, sticks. Like, and if that's the case, God bless it. But that's just not the way I see it. I I think OK State and, again, for me, and, man, you know me, I'm, I'm maybe I'm, a, I'm, I'm drinking the, the burnt orange Kool-Aid right now, but I think Texas is back, and I'm leaning on Texas as, as, a, as a preseason favorite as well, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, just to address that. And, I mean, and, and that's the Big 12 in whole, right? Like, that. who knows with the Big 12, year in and year out. And, it, and it's, not a, it's not like the SEC where it's kind of who knows, but it's in a, a, a good way where, man, there's some really competitive teams and, you know, it's some high caliber football. It's like, man, who knows? Like whoever invents the new air raid slash one offensive play, trick play that works, or who decides to play defense. And when I say play defense, decide the whole teams to 40 points instead of 50 points, they may win. And I, and, and that's, that's, that's the weird part about the big 12. So yeah, I, I, I don't foresee it. Obviously barely has a chance. And that's because, Shit, six of the twelve teams have a chance to win a conference championship, right? <laughs> in the Big Twelve. So I don't know. We'll 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 see. We'll see how it pans out. Horns up, baby. Horns up. Um hey Keith, let's let's talk about real quick to close this out. Texas Tech and, and their new head coach, Joey McGuire. That kind of pivots right from Baylor, because he was on the Baylor oh, football Baylor, staff yeah. for 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 a couple years, man. And I, reading up and listening to them talk and, and what he's done. For one, I, I I liked I just liked his whole entire just demeanor, you know what I mean, and that was big for me. You know, that's one of the things I I, I look at when I'm looking at coaches, just how they handle themselves in front of the media. Uh, you know, just a well-spoken guy, really confident. Uh, but looking at what he was able to do, do in terms of, you know, that this team, even going back to Cliff Kingsbury, it's been an air raid offense, right? 
they're bringing in former Western Kentucky offensive coordinator that helped coach Bailey Zapp to be the leading passer with over 5,000 yards in college football last year. He's now the offensive coordinator over uh, at Texas Tech, and, and they're talking about changes to the offense, Keith. And it's not a true air raid. It's going to have air raid concepts, but this isn't going to be a true air raid. They're you, talking you about to, be, okay. Yeah, explain this to me because I, we, we hear that a, a lot, right? Like, no, this is yeah. air raid with run principles. This is air raid with a new concept behind it. So, right, right. Continue. So I, he I dropped that in there. No, no, no. And they're talk- it was interesting because they talked about being balanced as, as an offense and running the ball, which is something most air raid offenses don't do, uh, is lean towards being balanced. And he talked about having, hey, we got three good tight ends. We got four good receivers. We're going to get the best 11 on the field, and we're going to play complimentary football. You know, he, he's like, I'm a defensive coach. So looking at this, Keith, and, and reading these, these tea leaves, I'm kind of excited for this, like because at the end of the day, this this pure air raid has done nothing for Texas Tech. Like it's done nothing, right? Like you know, what I mean, besides when Mahomes was there, like it's really done nothing. It's 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 not many offensive players that you can point to and say, man, they've been so successful after leaving Texas Tech. What Danny Amendola, Michael Crabtree for a bit, uh, Jakeem Grant, but you know he's been more of a gadget returner uh he's got the the skills to be that dynamic player but he just never kind of figured it out they had baker mayfield i believe they had kyler murray at one point before he transferred texas tech is a i'm gonna be honest with you keith for a long time i really forgot texas tech was a football team like because yeah, there's no shot to texas tech but it's just like they're so they, they were so forgettable That's they were cool. so forgettable man like because it's just like okay like i turn the tv on like man texas tech on Saturday playing football. It's like, oh yeah, they are. They are. They do have a football team. Like, you know what I'm saying? But it's like they're typically getting beaten, and so now it's like the listening to what he's talking about. I think having a defensive minded coach is the perfect pivot from everything they've done in years past, Keith. So all right, let me. I, I man, you you sound extremely optimistic, which you know, which is cool. And I'm I'm about to go the other way with this, right? So. <laughs> When you talk about being balanced in the air raid offense, you know what balance is? Everybody think in the air raid offense, you know, I like or they foresee the 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 Texas Tech uh, <laughs> offense being balanced as far as they're going to throw the football and run the football. I think balance is they're going to make sure they throw it to the left and throw it to the right. <laughs> That's what I foresee balance being. I'm sorry, I, I've I've seen this, I've heard this before. <laughs> as far as tech, you know, well not Texas Tech. I'm sorry, air raid offense is saying they're going to be balanced. Offensive coordinators do what office, offensive coordinators know, right? So if you came from the air raid offense, you know throwing the football 60 times per game. Like I, I, I think that this is, this is what happens. Everybody criticizes the air raid offense because they throw the football, right? So now the offensive coordinators, they go back into their office and they say, man, we have to implement run plays, right? So they implement them. They bring them to practice. They run them. They know that they're there, but guess what never happens? They never call them. You tell me a top rusher that came out of an air raid offense, you know, and maybe we might – I don't know if we'll find one, right? We can't point to anyone. But I could tell Not you about a whole lot head, of – Keith. Right. But I could tell you about a whole lot of quarterbacks that throw the ball 60 times per game. And I could tell you about a whole lot of quarterbacks that threw for four or 5,000 yards in college football, right? So I'm just I, – I have to see it to believe it. Now, turning the page, I, I – I be having events sometimes, DP. Uh, but turning it's the page, right? 
and going to talking about the, the head coach, I believe in him as a person, you know, in, in getting that program to, you know, take a, a next step up, like in, in your words, become relevant, right? Like remember that they play football um, because, like I said, just time at Baylor, I'm hearing a lot of great things about him. I even know that some people um, around the Baylor organization community, um, you know, they wanted him to get the head coaching job instead of Aranda at that moment. That's how light he is, um, you know, just in the, the, the Baylor area and just overall in Texas, former high school, um, you know, Texas coach, and he's just well liked. So I feel as though it should affect recruiting some, right? Like him just having so many deep Texas ties and, you know, coaches wanting to bring their players to him, that things should change. But I think it's going to take a couple years um, because even when you think about it, usually defensive minded coaches, they have a philosophy of what running a football, protecting a football and then playing defense. Like that's usually their philosophy. I think that there's going to be a, a bit of a man. What's the you're going to see them battle back and forth with an air raid offensive coordinator and then a defensive mind head coach because we haven't seen it before. Like, how does it mesh, right? Like how – and you know what the word that comes to mind for me is complementary football. How do they play complementary football? And we've never seen this marriage slash relationship happen in between an air raid offense and a defensive minded coach that wants to, you know, play tough in those defense. So, man, I think it's going to be tough – um, you know, these first couple of years, hopefully they could get in some good recruits and then take off from there. But um, first point, I'm not buying in on the air raid offense and running the football. Second point, you know, Coach Coach McGuire, I think he's, uh, you know, he, he should do well with the job. Now, <clears throat> listen, when I, when I read it, 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 when I read it, I was like, hold up. You, you, like, I could tell you, you weren't confident reading it, right? Like when you, when yeah, you, I was just you like, were reading the quote and it said, <laughs> running the football like you you know that that didn't process to you like and and, and no, that's no. because you've never seen it before and maybe no. listen it, it they will prove the talent fact the podcast wrong but i've seen this story time and time again mike leach came to the sec said he was going to be balanced right he was and he's been everything but balanced but balanced <laughs> so I, i'm sorry and listen this is no knock to the area right like it's offensive no. philosophy like those are really good head really good coaches um scheme wise very intelligent people the point is that i'm not buying in is that they're going to throw the football that's all i'm saying right like it it may work air raid i'm all for it do whatever you need to do sling it around the yard but you're not going to give me the buy-in that you're going to run the football no, nah, and it, it, the wild part about it, Keith, the way that that offense can stress defense is making you cover every blade of grass on the football field by spreading you out, motions, all the things that they do. You would assume that, hey, let's get some, so, you know, especially when you got, because most of the air raid offenses that ran true, true to it have a back that can catch the ball out of the backfield, right? Yep. Mike Leach has one, you know what I mean? Like, you look at Cliff Kingsbury in the NFL, <clears throat> he had Chase Edmonds last year. He has Eno Benjamin this year. Yeah, it's just like, okay, we all the things you can do offensively, you still like, man, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna run the ball. Cause Cliff Kingsbury, like for the, the year that James Conner had last year, there were some some bonehead moments in the red zone. Where people were like, all right, let's give it to Connor. And he's like, nope, I'm gonna throw it three times. It's like you're at the one yard line, my guy. Like, what? Are, why are you doing this? But like you said, it's it's the fact that 
as those coaches stick to who they are, their air raid, their passing coordinators, and that's their thing. They're se- essentially they're seven on seven coaches, in my opinion. Like they're se- that what you do is gonna work perfectly in seven on seven, baby. But on in padded football where I can hit you and, and I could you know be physical with you, I need you to run the ball. So. It, I know I, I wasn't confident, Keith, when I read the quote because it didn't. Because as I'm reading it and I'm processing it quickly as possible, I'm like running, balance, complimentary football, air raid. Those things don't land in the same bucket, Keith. But I'm interested because at the end of the day, you know, in those meeting rooms, it's gonna have to be a meeting of the minds, and whose voice is gonna be louder, Coach McGuire or the offensive coordinator? Say, hey, we if Coach McGuire wants to be balanced. Who's going to win that win that that argument in the meeting room? Don't be surprised if they have some spirited conversations in the <laughs> meeting room because I I, I and I, like I said I do believe this. I do believe that coach McGuire believes in every I believe he believes in his quote, right? And the fact that he mm-hmm. wants to be balanced. I think that he really wants to be balanced. But you have an air raid offensive coordinator, so that's going to be tough, man. And, and just what people need to understand in coaching, right? Like coaching trees matter because that's that's almost the language, right? Like, like you know, you could speak English, you could speak Spanish, you could speak French. Like that's how coaching trees are. When you When you grow up in a coaching tree, that's what you learn. So if you have somebody that speaks primarily English slash air raid, it's hard to tell them, like, you know what, man? Now I want you to write a paper. But I want you to do it in French slash, you know, a different type <laughs> right. of offense. It, it just usually doesn't happen like that. And that's it's what going I to be an F. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's, it's not. It's not going to be good. So I, I think they're going to have some spirited conversations. But man, like I said, man, I'm, I'm not wishing any bad on Texas Tech, <laughs> and I hope it all ends well. Um, I I just need to see this. And matter of fact, with that quote, I'm going to pay attention to Texas Tech this year, and probably the first time mm-hmm. since. Michael Crabtree, because even with Patrick Mahomes, right? If you didn't know Patrick Mahomes or Patrick Mahomes until you won a Super Bowl, you had no idea that he went to Texas Tech. <laughs> you still weren't paying attention to Texas Tech. But um, man, I'm, I'm I'm going to pay attention to Texas Tech to see how this air raid run philosophy goes. Nah, me too, man. Like I said, it's going to be interesting just to see it. And hey, at the end of the day. Maybe he proves us wrong, but if he does, we'll come back and tip our cap to him and and, and give him his due diligence. But shout out to, you know, Coach uh, Joy McGuire. Looking forward to seeing what they do over at Texas Tech. But, guys, as always, that is our show, man. Keith, is always good talking ball with your brother. As we creep closer and closer to the season, we will continue. Uh, we have some more media days, ACC, and I think SEC is next week. So we have um, some more media days coming up as well as previewing more conferences as we get ready for the conference. College football season. Um, as always, man, hey, sh- again, shout out to our partners at Bet Online, guys. Summer League is going on. We're getting ready for NFL. Go make you some money. Uh, tell Bet Online, uh, use our promo code Believe and tell them that the Talent Factor podcast sent you. But as always, I'm Damian Parson. That's my guy, Keith Sanchez of the Talent Factor podcast. And Keith, what's our slogan? Talent is always the factor. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.